Welcome to the Roll Bama Roll podcast. I'm Wesley Gullett. As always, I'll be joined by Brad Canning. Brad, before the season starts, I want us to take a stance. I want us to pick a side right now. I have seen from a lot of people, whether it be analysts, Kirk Herbstreet, uh, different websites, even Roll Bama Roll posed this question in an article uh, to message boards and on and on, that this season will have an asterisk. That the national champion, assuming we, <laughs> assuming we have one, will have an asterisk. Where do you stand? I'm glad there's hope that the season makes it that far first, but I can tell you there is literally in my lifetime, not been one season that didn't have an asterisk. If you talk to the right fan base. So (laughs) you're right. Yeah. I mean, the hell that's why we know what UFC is. So, or UCF, excuse me. Um, It's perfect. It's perfect that you've messed up even their, their initials, by the way, because literally I cannot ever truly believe they are something, but no, it's, crazy to me that it would take a pandemic for most people to believe that you're not the true national champion when cam newton happened so (laughs) look if you play a full season no matter the situation and your team took on the same risks and adversity as everyone else and every team in the country is dealing with these exact same circumstances that you are and your team is the best team at the end of that season and they prove it by winning the national championship game that every other program had the same opportunity to play in, you're the national champion. Oh, yeah. You know what all the fan bases, conferences, and or schools that are complaining about the potential of this not being a true national champion, if they, you know there is one that wins it. You know what they all have in common? They're What's poor. That? That's it. <laughs> Sounds like some broke. SOBs. That's all I got. Because if you recruit, you develop, you have a great system in place, the hell you care if you have people sitting out, people getting sick. You want to go. If anything, you want to put them all out there on the field at the same time just to spite everyone else in this country. So I ain't worried about it because pain training is rich over here. Look, the the only reason that I want it, I want us to take this stance before the season starts is because I want it to be the same whether Alabama wins the national championship or say Auburn wins the national championship. I don't want to I don't want to switch my view on it which I I might. Like if Tennessee wins the national championship asterisk. If Alabama wins the national championship, I will argue with everyone that posts anything on any corner of the internet <laughs> arguing against it. Well, every championship savings ever won Ask Dan Wilkin, you'll find they did not deserve it. So, yeah, it didn't really count. And also, if Auburn's winning a national championship, that means uh, equestrian is still going on. So, <laughs> yeah, best athletes on their campus. Uh, you, yeah, wait, yeah, those you, you know me, I, I stay trying to gauge the pulse of of different fan bases. So, who do you think? Which fan base would you guess is pushing the quote this season? This season doesn't really count narrative. Oh, I bet one, if not both, played in the national championship last year. So, uh, one of them definitely did. No, I'm shocked it's not both. Yeah, LSU, and, and you have to wonder why LSU, who had who's had everyone <laughs> except Ed Orgeron himself, either enter the transfer portal or opt out, would think <laughs> that this season should have an asterisk. Big mystery. Have you have you seen the picture going around of LSU's depth chart from last season, like with? with the names crossed out that will not be there this year? Oh, no. Well, 
26 players from their two deep last year will not return. <laughs> 26. They have, Brad, I swear, they have two returning starters on offense and four on defense. And there are rumors flying right now that the opt-outs may not even be finished in Baton Rouge. One of the players contemplating opting out is Jacoby Stevens, which would be just devastating for them. I mean, they're trying to replicate 2010 to 2011 Gene Chizik here. Like, yeah. good Lord. You really hate to see it. It's just sad, though. But that's true. Remember when we said it was going to be interesting to see if LSU was a one-hit wonder? Yeah. Or, you, or, I guess you don't have to face complacency if you just, you know, turn it all in <laughs> ahead of time. So. <laughs> yeah. But uh, really, it wouldn't shock me to see them go 6-4 and four or worse this year. Well, it'd be an asterisk, so, you know, it doesn't count. And if you think about it, after losing eight straight games to Alabama, LSU brought their best team in the history of their program to Tuscaloosa last year. They played against an Alabama team, I'm not making excuses, but an Alabama team that was decimated with injuries. It's a fact. Mm -hmm. And they scraped out a five-point win, which they deserve credit for. But when you take all of that into consideration, maybe that doesn't bode well for them in that series in the foreseeable future. Yeah, but you get no different than any other team that's beat Alabama in the last decade that they've played multiple times during the last decade. An Ole Miss, an Auburn, uh, not a Georgia, not a Florida, Mm -hmm. but not a Tennessee. But they can continue to lose to Alabama. But what's the response? Oh, like kick six or, oh, Dr. Bo slicing you up, you know. Yeah. LSU can lose eight straight and they will not blink an eye if that happens again to Alabama because they're going to reference not only beating Alabama last year, but winning the national championship, which they <laughs> didn't give Orgeron a Gatorade bath, but they did when they won in Tuscaloosa. And on top of that, the publicity that Ed Orgeron has received over the past couple of weeks has not really been great. Uh, it doesn't seem like his team has been very receptive to it. And uh, I'll just leave it at that. Why is he trying to sell Hummers again? He it's it's worse. Okay, but anyways, moving on. Well, speak. If anyone doesn't know how to read a room, it's definitely you know Fred, oh, Fred Flintstone ass over the, there. The definition of not knowing how to read a room over the last couple weeks is Did Ed ghosted or something like yeah. I don't know. <laughs> anyways, speaking yeah. of opt outs, Brad, if I say this, the off season Heisman winner will not be playing. For the 40-time off-season national champions, what does that mean to you? Like, the off-season Heisman yeah, winner yeah. will not be playing for the 40-time off-season national champions. What does that mean to you? Oh, it's got to be Georgia. Georgia, yes. Jamie Newman, the presumed starting quarterback at Georgia, will not play in the 2020 season and will prepare for the NFL draft which is, this is just such an incredibly weird decision, but I love it. It couldn't happen to a better group. Has there ever been a more literal example in college football of a chef's kiss meme? You know, <sighs> just, ah, just so great because George Pickens and him, when he announced he was going to grad transfer in this year from Wake Forest, yeah. those two guys instantaneously became the greatest player since Herschel Walker, <laughs> period. And now, after being told we were going to finally lose to Georgia, and it was their year, yeah, 
this has happened. I feel like that dude on Twitter has going to have a hell oh, of a yeah. meltdown. The, the Andrew or uh, whatever the what, hell. What's it? Yeah. You know, hold him down or whatever. It yeah. Is, so, yeah. yeah. Why, why that guy has become a thing. But uh, seriously, hey. is there a more Georgia thing that could have happened during a pandemic than the quarterback you expect <laughs> to lead you to a national championship <laughs> after your other quarterback thought he was going in the first round and almost didn't even get drafted. He yeah. comes in and then five months later, no, I'm out. So love it. Look, if he's legitimately concerned about COVID, I understand. I get it. If he feels like he's better off or safer elsewhere, I think I am pro everyone doing what they think is best for them and their family. For sure. But purely from a football standpoint, this was an odd one. If he Because if he was good enough to be a high draft pick, he would not have transferred to Georgia. He was eligible for last year's draft, and he would have entered that if he was going to be a first-round pick. So a, a lot of these mock drafts you see with him as a first-rounder, that was solely based on what people thought would happen with him at Georgia this year, not what's already happened. <laughs> so he, he struggled against some of the better teams he played against at Wake. So this was really viewed as the season to prove himself against top competition and with, with talent surrounding him. So unless he was struggling in practice, which word is that he was not, this is just, it's just an odd decision to me. At least he still has both knees intact after uh, training there for a while. That's um, true. So what random name white quarterback are we going to have playing there now? Oh, <laughs> so, uh, it's uh, JT Daniels, the transfer from USC. Oh, God. Yeah, completely forgot about that. Yeah, which that move is looking a lot more significant than it seemed a couple months ago. Uh, I, I think that's the most least drop-off potential to go from you know, Jake Fromm to him, because I think he's a good quarterback. It just feels like that dude has been playing football for a long time too. Yeah. And you know, he's really young because he, he early enrolled at USC. He graduated a year early from high school and then he started at USC his freshman year, which should have been his senior year of high school. Mm -hmm. So he's still really young. Either way, it's, this is big news for Alabama during for the week four game. But uh, look, JT Daniels, He's a talented prospect who I don't I just don't think was really quite ready at USC. And then when he went down, the uh, the Slovis guy, he just took his job. He was just better. So Yeah, but this move, what that tells me though, is week four is gonna be an asterisk too in Athens. So Yeah, well, yeah, for them. <laughs> so I mean but Georgia I don't think is totally in the dumpster with their QB situation, but it's it's definitely not looking nearly as good as it did this time a week ago no because they're going to revert back to whatever they know is effective which is very clear what is effective so i get why they wanted to bring that skill set in try to open up the dynamic with the the speed you have on the perimeter i get it doesn't mean that if it wasn't going to work out jt would still be playing and you know they'd be trying to you know basically do play action and run the ball yeah, and Kirby still has to prove to literally everyone that he knows he knows how to use a quarterback or a dual threat quarterback at that. Yeah. Because if he's fumbled anything uh, during his tenure at at Georgia, it's been the quarterback position. I mean, look at the three options that he had on campus. He picked the third best option of the three. I just don't know how he doesn't get you know like a feeling of slapped in the face with not only losing Jamie Newman this week. But now you have a visitor who's been watching practice that <laughs> yeah. said, to hell with you, I'm out. 
Yeah, the, and there's like all kinds of rumors right now that Justin Fields is in like the student log at Georgia. Uh, you know, there's like the screenshots of Justin, whatever his middle name is, Fields, uh, you Dude, know, enrolled I would at Georgia. Pay so much money for him to enroll in Georgia, but decide to sit out this year of eligibility <laughs> to prepare for the draft. Oh, uh, my God. Yeah. But that's like the big that's the big uh, conspiracy oh, theory is. right now. Yeah. for They always have one. Georgia always has one. So that's Absolutely it. Right now. But <laughs> before we go, I do want to hit on recruiting for Alabama. It seems like every time we record, we miss four or five commitments. Uh, again, no, I think create. it all goes back to the one that we recorded or there, <laughs> there, there was only the one commitment. But the one that really moved the needle nationally and, and it took some by surprise was the commitment of quarterback Jalen Milrow. Uh, Mil- Milro is from Katy, Texas. He flipped his commitment from Texas to Alabama. He's a top five dual threat quarterback in the country, four star, 82nd overall player on 24-7's composite. What does it say about this staff that they can sign a quarterback like Bryce Young in the 2020 class? Quite literally one of the highest ranked quarterbacks in recruiting history. I think he's like the sixth highest ranked quarterback prospect ever. And then turn around one one cycle later and convince a top five dual threat quarterback in the nation to decommit from his home state, the flagship school of his, his state, and commit to Alabama to follow Bryce Young. Uh, other than having a solid kicker during his time in Tuscaloosa, I don't know any other boxes at any position group that at one point they never thought Nick Saban could or would do. He is now done. Yeah. And this uh, Steve Sarkeesian, that again is killing it at the quarterback position. He's he led the charge here with Jalen Milrow. Uh, I was reluctant to be excited when they hired Sarkeesian back. You and I to both. say the least. Yeah, to me, he was the guy. He he had come off a good year with Atlanta, but before that, he was a guy that had trouble getting targets to Julio Jones, yeah. which I thought. How is that possible? And I have done a complete 180 on him. He has, he's totally he, flipped my thought process on, yeah. on the way that I view him. And I agree 100% because you know, I eat that crow too. The main thing was get rid of the damn jet sweep if you're in the red zone. I, I'm just, that was my <laughs> biggest complaint. Uh-huh. So when we got past that, oh, buddy, potential was endless. And I, I feel like he's doing such a job that the bar was set so high when Kiffin, you know, had left. But he had that persona is what really made him get that appreciation and respect for what he did. That Sark and what he's doing quietly, consistently on and off the field won't get that just because. But I think he's proven almost everybody wrong at this point. I've seen a lot of chatter, too, recently that some people that, would not mind seeing him take over when that day comes. Okay, well, I want you to know, I'd like to slap the hell out of those people. So you are, you're totally against that? If it was tomorrow, absolutely. Uh, that guy, is, I don't think he's ready yet. And that's okay. just my personal opinion. I have, res- I have ate the crow, and I have respected the hell out of him now in redeeming himself as an offensive coordinator, developer, who already knew he was a good recruiter. If if you would have said that to me like two years ago, I would I would have laughed in your face. I would have been so completely, totally <laughs> against that. But fast forward to now, I don't think that I'm all that. I don't think I'm really against it. it he I'm wasn't against a, it. He was a good head coach. No, and I'm not against it. I'm more. 
I have other people in mind based on the same time yeah. frame of why he legitimately should be, you know, yeah. uh, he, why he should be considered. Because at the end of the day, it feels like he's more of a settlement compared to some of the top tier, gotcha. you know, names you could get at that time. But also, it wouldn't surprise me playing devil's advocate here. It wouldn't surprise me when that time comes. It's going to most likely be somebody we don't expect anyways. Yeah. Well, anyway, I mean, it's all hypothetical, but. Oh, well, I'm emotionally invested. So <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so you heard it here first. Steve Sarkeesian, next head coach of Alabama. Um, but going back to Jalen Milrow, what's even, what's, what's even crazier in the situation of like Steve Sarkeesian convincing these guys to to follow guys that they're never going to beat out or more. I shouldn't say never, but more than likely not going to beat out. What's even crazier is that if Bryce young does not sign with Alabama, Jalen Milrow may not be committed to Alabama right now, which I know sounds ridiculous, but let's go. I want to go through the timeline that got us here. This is okay. I'm going to be a little long winded here. No, you're good. Cause I'm intrigued. So in June of 2019, Alabama has two quarterbacks at the top of their recruiting board for the 2021 class. So the junior class at that time, there are two guys they're pushing for. These are the two that they think are one and two in the nation. They're the two that they'll take a commitment from. Those are Drake may from North Carolina and Jalen Milrow. It was the consensus thought that Alabama was where both wanted to be, especially Jalen Milrow. And that's who most people thought was going to commit and take that spot. On July 17th of 2019, Drake May commits to Alabama before Milrow does. So May takes that spot. Four days later, Jalen Milrow commits to Texas. Keep in mind, at this point, Bryce Young was committed to USC. And the thought was, if Alabama does not convince Bryce Young to flip, they're not even going to take a quarterback in the 2020 class. So Drake May being committed to Alabama is in a seemingly perfect spot, right? If Bryce Young doesn't commit, he has nobody in the class ahead of him. Yeah. So yeah. So fast forward two months to September, September 22nd, Bryce Young flips to Alabama. Massive, massive deal. One of the big questions that comes from that is what will Drake May now do? Does he actually stay committed and follow Bryce Young? The answer to that is no. On March 6th of 2020, Drake May flipped his commitment to North Carolina, which is where he's from. Alabama then starts exploring their options at quarterback for the 21 class. They make contact with Jalen Milrow again. Six months from that point, Milrow is now committed to Alabama. So it's possible that if Bryce Young never commits to Alabama, Drake May stays committed, and Jalen Milrow still with Texas. It's the butter, uh, the butterfly effect of quarterbacks. Yeah, I hope that that was somewhat easy to follow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. D- Drake yeah. May, I think, is excellent. Like he's a great quarterback. I could see him doing huge things at North Carolina. Sure. I was excited when he was committed to Alabama. I'd uh, <laughs> yeah. the The only negative about Bryce Young committing was most likely driving Drake May away. Um, but if my options are having both Bryce Young and Jalen Milrow or just Drake May, Alabama came out of that with the best possible outcome. Let's not forget, people thought we were fools for settling, quote-unquote, for a grad transfer named Jacob Coker. So, yeah. 
yeah, exactly. which I stand for Vanilla Vic. So. <laughs> hey, the, the end to Coker's season, like those last few games, I mean, that dude was, he was money. Anyways, uh, did you watch the, I sent you Kyrie Jackson's film. Yeah. Did you watch that? Oh, watch no. it? No. Love <laughs> it? Yes. Yeah, man. Mm. Anyways. It needs a higher content rating. <laughs> he did end up committing to Alabama. Hands down, my favorite prospect in the class. If you have not watched his film, search Kyrie Jackson. It's a lot of fun. It's his Juco film. He's playing against other college football players. It's uh, it's something else. It really is. Uh, don't be like Brad. Don't ignore it when I send it to you. Or send oh, it out. come on. You should never have expectations set first it's, off for me. It's a two-minute It's a two minute video. Yeah. Well, you know what else I could be thinking about that doesn't mean anything at all in my head for two minutes? Like, What's, What more did I have to say that I think that he is the 6'4", skinnier, cornerback version of Reuben Foster? And all you have to do is take out two minutes of your life. Well, I did, first off. But it's like, you know, you don't want to waste that moment. You want to make sure the time is right. You oh, okay. Prepare yourself for the <laughs> expectations you set by giving me that analogy. Okay. Because you know my thoughts on the Reuben missile. So you want to get you want to get in the mood. And buddy, I don't know if you ever get prepared to watch <laughs> yeah. something like that. You I'm wanna, just saying. You're gonna get all hot and bothered for the Kyrie Jackson film. All right. Well, this has been the Roll Bama Roll Podcast. Roll tide. <laughs>